Welcome to Ask BBB, featuring information from and about BBB accredited businesses, so you are better informed about goods and services you're purchasing. Your host on Ask BBB is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, Jennifer Matthews. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks, and good morning, everyone. This morning, we'll talk about getting away from it all when we're joined by Mike Foster of Nexion Travel Group. We've been hearing a lot about shortages and increased prices for natural Christmas trees, so you might be considering an artificial tree. BBB has put together some things to consider when you make that purchase, and we'll review some of those on the bulletin board later. As we approach the end of 2022 and make plans for the coming new year, travel is on the agenda for many, something we had to postpone over the past couple of years. Mike Foster is the president of Nexion Travel Group, an organization that provides services for travel agencies and has been involved in the travel industry for several decades. Mike, it's great to have you join us this morning. Good morning, Jennifer. Great to be here. Mike, the travel industry was particularly hard hit during the pandemic. How are things now? Well, things are much better than they were during the heights of the pandemic, of course. People are traveling again, and, and uh, that's, that's a great thing. But things are certainly not back to normal. They are getting better. Every day seems to get a little bit better. We've still seen some headlines about you know, challenges with air travel and baggage handling and those kinds of things and entry requirements. But things are starting to get back to normal. Um, and uh, I, I think we're, we have some really good days and, and years ahead of us. Mike Nexion Travel Group is now a national company that provides services for travel agents. What are some of those services? Uh, so Nexion is a host agency. We host independent contractor agents, agents from across the country, actually throughout the U.S. as well. We have almost 6,000 agents throughout North America. But the agents that we serve can in turn serve their clients with any number of services from booking a hotel or insurance if you're driving to the States, for example, something as quick and easy as that or a via rail ticket, all the way to an around the world cruise, even space travel. We can really handle anything and everything. So it's anything to do with travel, anything to do with uh, entertainment, uh, maybe planning a, an event or, or that kind of thing. So it's really anything to do with with travel and entertainment, I guess is maybe a good way to put it. There are college diplomas in travel and hospitality. Is a diploma required to work as a travel agent? So a diploma is not a prerequisite to work in the industry, but certainly training and education is very, very important. So, you know, throughout Canada, uh, you know, we, we, we insist on agents having some training, of course, but there's not an accredited diploma that one needs to have. That said, there are some diplomas and accreditation that you can get. For example, here in London, we have Fanshawe College, uh, who have a, a very good program. I'm actually a graduate. And I was an instructor there for, for years as well. Um, and we also have private, I mean, we have a training program. We actually have two. So you can get them through an accredited college program. You can get them through a company like ours. But training is really important. And there's one other part of training that it, actually two other parts of training that may be required, depending on where the agent lives here in Ontario. We have to uh, pass uh, the TICO exam in order to work in the industry. TICO is the Travel Industry Council of Ontario, and they have an exam process. So that's a requirement here in Ontario. And in other provinces, Quebec and British Columbia, they also have their own accreditation. And depending on where the agent works, they may also need to get some insurance licensing or accreditation just to be able to sell insurance. Mike, if someone had uh, done a lot of traveling and decided they would like to uh, help other people, would the services of Nexion be something they might contract and uh, set themselves up to, to be an agent? 
Absolutely. And actually, that's one of the fastest growing areas of our business is people who are new to the industry. Unfortunately, the pandemic has really affected a lot of businesses, a lot of people, a lot of companies have left the industry. It was a very challenging period of time there. But we also now are growing with new entrants to the industry, as well as people returning, of course, as well. But certainly, as you described, Jim, somebody who may be well-traveled, has got a lot of travel experience, we teach those people how to work within the industry and that travel experience can really make for a good travel agent or a good travel consultant. So yeah, we have people who are coming into the industry. Maybe they've retired. It may be a, a, a second uh, career for people. Uh, maybe something that people are doing on the sideline to supplement their income, but uh, it depends on the kind of agency the person is trying to start. We still, of course, have full service agencies with many agents serving companies and, and the like. I mean, the, the traditional travel agency that you might remember from, from the old days, um, but also people who are setting up um, their own private business from their own home in, in many cases as well. Mike, what are some of the reasons we would want to book with a travel agent rather than book our own trip online? Well, that's a great question. Uh, for a number of years after the advent of the internet, people started to go online and, and plan travel. I, ironically, they were typically booking with an online travel agency, an agency without people. Um, eight, uh, travelers are now coming back to real people again. So the, the largest travel agencies in the world, Expedia, Priceline, those kinds of companies are, are agencies. Those are just travel agencies, but they're travel agencies without the help of a real person. So while still popular, of course, for many sort of more, of, uh, more involved, more elaborate itineraries and travel planning, people are coming back to people. They want to talk to people. So um, I've been an agent for 42, 43 years. I haven't sold travel for a number of years, but I was, of course, many years. When I plan my own travel, I reach out to a travel professional still uh, because I'm out of touch with a lot of the tools and the regulations and the and the and the ways to book and find travel. So a travel agent can be helpful in finding those deals. They can be helpful in in helping to plan for a trip where planning may be required. I mean, I'm I'm traveling uh, this weekend only to Florida uh, and on a cruise ship for a few days. But even that, you know, entry requirements, insurance, uh, you know, travel between the airport and the and the, the cruise pier, you know, what do I need to do to board a cruise ship today? All of those kinds of things that a travel professional can help with. Even something as simple as being on hold for, in some cases, hours at a time, a travel agent can make the planning of travel more efficient and quick as well. So um, it can be anything from just help with things when you don't have the time and the energy to helping with things where you may not have the insider information and even helping things where things have gone uh, have changed over the last couple of years and even another reason that people are re reaching back out to travel agents again is help when things go wrong and we've seen things go wrong over the last few years and trying to get help from the supplier you may have bought it from directly or an online travel agency can be a challenge. So reaching out to a, a person, somebody who knows you and has looked after you can really help if things do in fact go wrong. What are some of the important questions then we should ask of an agent when we're starting to do our planning? You know, that's a really good question as well, because if you've not worked with the person before, if it's your first contact with an agent, you may want to ask them some questions like, you know, where have they traveled to before? Have they had experience with the kind of destination or the kind of travel planning you're looking for? If I was, for example, going to go to Australia, I'd probably want to speak to somebody who's at least had experience in planning travel to Australia or on a cruise or whatever it might be. Uh, some of our best consultants 
travel, right? Uh, I was talking to one of our consultants just yesterday. She spends most of her time now on cruise ships. She has agents who work for her, but she is personally experiencing the products that she's selling. You can't always find an agent who's just been to the place you're looking to go to, but certainly you can find somebody who at the very least has had training and has had experience in booking the kind of travel you have. So I, I'd ask a little bit about what kind of experience the person might have had in the kind of travel you're looking to book. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest is Mike Foster, president of Nexion Travel Group Canada. We'll pause to listen to a couple of commercial messages, and we'll return to explore some travel destinations. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And our guest this morning is Mike Foster, president of Nexion Travel Group. So, Mike, what are some of the things we should expect an agent to arrange or confirm beyond just flights and accommodations? Really anything at all. I mean, whether it's information to help you to plan for your trip, whether it's things like, you know, the the, the weather and the, the entry requirements, whether you need a vaccination, all of those kinds of things to helping you just to plan for your stay at the resort or the ship. Um, those, those are sort of good to have things. I mean, an, a good agent should help you to plan for your trip. So really they can help you with anything. It might be tea off times or restaurant reservations or tickets to a show, that kind of thing. So an agent can plan anything from sort of the required entry requirements, the, you know, the must have information to the nice to have information to help you to plan and enjoy your destination, your trip more. Some agents are going above and beyond. We have agents who spend a lot of time and energy preparing fancy itineraries and information. You may get a bare bones uh, service too, where you're going to visit a family member in another city. I mean, if you're visiting an aunt in Vancouver, all you really want is an airline ticket and your aunt's going to pick you up at the airport perhaps and put you up. So you may not have a lot of requirements or needs. So I, what I would really do is make sure that the agent you're working with is able to help you with all of the things to help you to make your trip better. You may pay for some of those services, by the way. If an agent is arranging a tee off time or theater tickets or that kind of thing, you may be paying for that service. But you would expect to pay for that service anyways, I would think. And speaking of payment expectations, do we pay in advance for for services? And, and what sort of guarantees then should we expect? You know, that's an interesting question. It depends a lot on the supplier and the kind of product you're working with. So generally speaking, the suppliers, the airlines, the hotels, the cruise lines, they dictate the cost of the travel services, as well as the payment terms and conditions. So it really does depend on the product or service. If you're booking a cruise, the cruise line would would dictate sort of the advanced deposit that's required and when it's required by, as well as the final payments. Same thing with an airline or a hotel or whatever kind of travel service you're, you're, you're buying. So the agent is going to work with the terms and conditions of the suppliers that they're working with in order to provide you your trip. Now, that said, it's not uncommon today for an agent to also have a, a service fee or a, a fee for their own particular services. Those typically would be paid up front. So if an agent was charging a fee for their services, for their, their, their consultation, not all agents do. Many do. Most do. Not, not all. Um, but if they were, they would probably have you pay that in advance before they really gave you the consultation. Mike, if we are planning to do some traveling but don't have a bucket list, where would you start exploring those possibilities? 
Well, that's a great question because uh, obviously you want you want your trip to be something that you personally would enjoy. So you want to go to a destination that you think you would enjoy. And maybe what I would do that way is I would talk to friends and family members, people that know me and know travel, right? If I if I have a family member or a friend or a neighbor who's been somewhere, I'd ask them, hey, you know me, do you think I would like what you just experienced? And I think those those connections by people who know you well and have traveled might be very helpful. I would also uh, ask an agent. And, and, and what I would do with an agent is I would say, well, this is what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to relax or I'm looking to learn or I'm looking to explore or maybe I'm traveling with friends or family. I want to connect with my family. Uh, you know, I haven't seen my family maybe for a couple of years. And I want to connect. So what is the reason or the purpose of your trip? Maybe also outline the kind of budget and the, the time constraints you're working with. And an agent, a good agent, should be able to help fit that, you know, that that bucket list, not in a bucket list, forgive me, that list of things you're looking to do around a destination. What are the travel trends for 2022? Are there destinations that are going to be more popular in this coming year? Or 2023, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we're starting to see some trends, but but trends in various areas. So we're seeing some people just wanting to get out. Just, you know, I've been cooped up for two and a half years, told I couldn't travel. I just want to get away. I want to get on an airplane and go somewhere. In some cases, people are looking for pampering. Right. They, they've been they've been without travel. They've maybe had some travel budget unspent for the last couple of years. People, tip, you know, many people plan on you know budget for travel and they've got this unspent amount of money. So maybe they're going to splurge. They're going to take a bigger trip, a more expensive, a longer trip. Maybe they're going to upgrade. So, for example, in cruising, there's another area that's really growing. Cruising has been very, very popular and, and growing exponentially. Uh, but in the area of cruising, as an example, people are upgrading. They're buying the suites. They're paying for those private areas. And those are the, the, the accommodations that seem to be going fastest in many cases are those upgraded accommodations. The top rooms in a hotel, the top cabins on a cruise line, people are splurging. Another really big uh, uh, area of travel is traveling, multi-generational travel. You know, parents, kids, grandkids, we're really seeing a lot of that. Again, I think people have kind of taken stock over the, the pandemic. Maybe they've not been with family, but maybe they're also saying, what's really important to me? These things that I've missed, those things, you know, I haven't seen my family for two and a half years or three years. I really miss that. So some people are really taking stock and reprioritizing their lives. So it might be multi-generational travel. Maybe it's travel to connect uh, and help a community. We're seeing a lot of volunteerism, uh, you know, people just traveling to learn, people traveling to help. Um, you know, another trend is um, travel that doesn't impact the destination so much. People looking to travel uh, in, a, um, in, a, in an ethical way. Um, so we're seeing a little bit of that. So we're seeing a little bit of, you know, there, there's a number of trends exposing, but I think really one of the things that I'm also seeing a lot of is people traveling without impacting, without having to um, check in and out of hotels as much, get on board an aircraft as much on trains. So in other words, motor coach travel through Europe, where you're staying on a coach with the same people, they're traveling, they're transporting you from one place to another, cruising, very, very popular. Again, you unpack once, you don't have to repack and, and, and you're traveling. River cruising, really, really popular. New destinations in river cruising. We've got river cruising in, in the United States. We've got Great Lakes river cruising. We've got river cruising in Europe, of course. 
course, it's been popular, but now Africa, uh, the Middle East is starting to have, we're even seeing a new cruise destination in, in uh, Colombia, river cruising in Colombia, Asia, Antarctic, uh, small ships, a lot of stuff happening that way. If we're planning a trip to a foreign country, what are some of the things we should consider so that we can avoid problems or uncomfortable situations? Yeah, I mean, look at the vaccinations uh, requirements. They're really starting to come down now. There are fewer and fewer of them. Obviously, there's other kinds of vaccinations too. If you're going to exotic destinations, not just COVID, uh, so I would, you know, I would look at those kinds of requirements. I'd also look at maybe the the uh, the rates of of um, uh, immunization, the rates of of uh, COVID. Uh, China right now, for example, is not easy to travel to because the entry requirements are, are are not easy, and and also they're still dealing with a lot of quarantines. So, you know, you may want to look at the destination to see how they're handling things like COVID. Are there some countries where safety is an issue, and perhaps we should take them off our list right now? You know, that's a great question, but one that I honestly am not up up to date on. What what we do is we have a very good resource. The Canadian government has a resource. Uh, where they list countries and their um, their state of of readiness for tourism. You know, most countries have a you know green light today, especially with you know the rules being relaxed. But there are still some countries out there where travel is not recommended. Um, and and there's a full list. I mean, speak to an agent. You can also go onto the government website. I think it's just cdc.ca or something like that. Forgive me, I don't have the address in front of me. But there is a great address where the government of Canada will tell you whether you know entry uh, uh, travel is recommended or not. Mike, thank you so much for taking time this morning to chat with us about you know possible future vacation plans and enjoy the vacation that you're about to embark on. My pleasure. It's my pleasure indeed. All the best. Our guest has been Mike Foster, the president of Nexion Travel Group, a business that carries the BBB seal of accreditation. Look them up in the BBB.org directory, and from there you can visit their website and social media pages to learn more. What is the needles count on your artificial tree, and why does it matter? After a short commercial break, we'll hear why. Welcome back to Ask BBB a weekly program produced by the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan with Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, Jennifer, we went on our annual tree hunt this week and our tree's up, but the price gave us pause and we started thinking maybe, maybe it's time to consider an artificial tree. The tree shortage this year is anticipated to continue into the coming years, and there are a lot of factors involved from poor growing conditions to a reduction in tree farms. So considering an artificial tree is something a lot of people may be thinking about. So I wasn't surprised to see tips on buying an artificial tree appear on the BBB.org website. And we have time here on the bulletin board to touch on the highlights. It's good information to have as you go on your tree hunt. Uh, I guess it's a bit like that hunt at the tree farm, except this tree will be with us for a number of Christmases to come. And that is one of the points to consider. The higher quality trees can last 10 to 20 years. Wow. So if you're planning to downsize in the next few years, uh, well, it might not be the time to buy that 12 foot tree. And that is another point. Know your size and your space. You can't just cut off a few branches, but the artificial trees come in three widths full, slim, or pencil. And some even come with a flat back so they fit right up against a wall. And you want to have the top of the tree about six inches from the ceiling. So, and what are we looking at in, in terms of price? 
They can range anywhere from $150 to $400 and up. Wow. What affects that price? Well, size, uh, built-in lights, and tip count. And that tip count is the number of needles on the tree. The higher the count, the more realistic the tree looks. You should look for at least 2,500 tips on a five or six foot tree. And you should shop in person if you can. That way, besides seeing how realistic it looks, you can test out how sturdy the tree is. And I guess uh, we don't have to worry about needles falling off of the tree in this case. No, but you do want to consider storage and assembly. So make sure you have a space to store it and that it won't be too much of a challenge to put together. You mentioned shopping in person, but some might consider shopping online. Well, when you read the full article on BBB.org, you see that there are scams out there. So the scam tracker has a report where the buyer received a six-inch tree instead of the six-foot tree that they thought they were getting. So check that out. And remember, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. It could be a scam. And Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB this morning. If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do that online with hashtag AskBBB, or you can call the BBB office at 519-673-3222. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business.